Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, dear listeners. Welcome to a magnificent episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. Tonight, my guests are director Brian Douglas and actors Tennyson Harris and Michael Bannigan from Bowie Community Theater's Frankenstein. Now playing at Bowie Playhouse at 16500 White Marsh Park Drive, Bowie, Maryland, through March 25th. For tickets, dial 410-805-0219, or you can also navigate to www.bctheater.com, and that's theater with a T-R-E. Michael plays Victor Frankenstein, and Tennyson Harris plays his creation. I see that everyone is on the line here, so let me go ahead and bring them on the air. Good evening, gentlemen. How you doing, William? Uh, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Okay, Brian, I'm going to start with you. When you got this script, what, (laughs) what what was your vision for directing? I know directors have a vision, so what was your vision for this show? Well, it's true. Um, we we wanted to take it very seriously. We're recognizing, I'm not sure you want to say celebrating, the 200th anniversary of the first publishing of the novel. Uh, that was yeah. 1880. And, uh, you know, I've, I've always been excited by the source material. And when I read this particular script, as these two actors will tell you, uh, I was worried that in the wrong hands, this could become a comedy. Um, uh, this, you know, this kind of material has been presented so often and and sometimes badly uh, that it's, it's yeah. right for self-parody. So we wanted to do a dark, serious, uh, thoughtful uh, take on it that would get people asking questions about morality and what it means to be human instead of just scaring the pants off you, which hopefully we do <laughs> Yeah, I think you accomplished both. I mean, I've seen the show. It's fantastic. It was very, very dark. So now, Tennyson, I'm going to go to you. Now, when you looked at the script, I mean, what are some of the things that jumped out at you about it? Um, well, it was deceptively simple um, as far as my character was concerned. I felt like it was – but – it, it was all there, and I, I saw what Brian saw, and we, we would have moments where we would laugh in rehearsal because we could see uh, how the script was kind of written in a way that could be interpreted in different ways, and I, I was glad that Brian chose to go the serious way because there's a real there's a real universal message there that's that's kind of like, maybe even more relevant now than when it was written. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now, Michael, talk about uh, what are some of the things you saw in the script that uh, attracted you to it? Um, hmm. Some of the things I specifically read in the script is a lot of the complexity, but more of the like a bunch of different characters. It wasn't just specifically with Victor. Um, it was more like 
that there's a relationship with the creation. So, Michael, can you get in a little closer? You're, you're kind of breaking up a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this better? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I was saying is the with, when it came to the script, one of the things that jumped out to me a lot was um, the different relationships between the different characters, um, specifically like with Victor and Elizabeth and Victor and the creation and Victor and Henry. Like that was the most exciting aspect is it's, for me reading the script was exploring those different character dynamics. Absolutely, man. And y'all, you guys really brought it as actors. I mean, that was like some very intense scenes. It's almost like a father-son kind of thing or, you yeah. know, in a, in, a, in, a, yeah. in a way it was. And and yeah. so, Brian, so, yeah. So now talk about that, uh, Brian, about like how you were mm-hmm. able to, to bring all that out, help bring all that out. Um, I just helped. Uh, these two guys are very, very <laughs> talented. Uh, yeah. You know, whether they want to admit it or not, I was surprised to hear Tennyson say, oh, well, it was so simple, because that creation <laughs> is an incredibly complex uh, character. And we would yeah. we'd sit and talk, and, you know, what memories does he have, and does he know what this is? And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that, you know, the, an example of the sort of thing that we did when we were working through uh, the meanings of the lines is there's a scene where the creation uh, sits by a fire and somebody shows him that it's warm and, and warm is good at first because he's cold. But when he gets really, really close, he, he, it's, it's more than warm and he doesn't know about hot yet. So he just yells loud, warm. And you know, that's the kind of stuff. He's, he's simple, but he's complex. Um, right. And yeah, so we did a lot of talking. You know, the rehearsal was not just here, say the line, stand over here. There was a lot of discussion of of what's in everybody's head, you know, all the characters' heads at the time. Wow, man, I would have loved to have been at that first table read. I mean, that would have been, that sounded like that would be intense. Well, actually, uh... it was funny. It was funny because we hadn't really said, okay, we're going to get deadly, deadly serious on this. So right. the first table read was a bunch of actors hanging around having a good time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Wow. That's amazing. So I want to step back in time. Uh, Michael, I'll go to you on this, and then Tennyson, you can chime in. So go back okay. to the audition. I mean, what's some of the tools and techniques you brought to the audition? Oh, okay. Um, so it's if I remember correctly, the audition for cold reads, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We did a cold read. So, like, we showed up. Um, Brian handed us different sides of the script, and um, we would read through them and just he would see what we would do with them. And uh, I I personally really enjoy cold read auditions. Um, I think they're a lot more fun than, like, preparing a monologue and, like, or a song. There's just so much more to like. It's a lot more relaxed in the audition room with a cold read, which I personally yeah. really like. When it came to like the actual acting choices, I'm gonna be honest, I don't really remember a whole lot of what I did. <laughs> it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, what about you, Tennyson? Yeah, uh, I I like I like cold reads because uh there's a rawness to it. You kind of have to 
especially since you're, you know, I can't, I, the whole audition thing was funny story because I was telling myself that I could not audition for this show and uh, because it just wasn't going to fit my schedule or actually theater in general. I told myself I wasn't going to really go back to it because it was so hard on my schedule working two jobs, things like that. And so, but I, I, I told my friends, I was like, I, for this one, I found myself at the audition. Like, I literally got in my car, and the, like, it just, like, brought me there because I wanted it so, <laughs> I wanted to be back on stage so bad uh, because I love it. Um, and I ended up there, and I literally walked in towards the end of the audition, and I had not had a chance to read them much, so I was like, you know, totally falling back on my instincts. Um, and I kind of, it was kind of like when you get to an audition, you kind of, um, you, you, you're trying to feel what the director, you're just trying to assume what the director wants to see. And so for some reason, I felt the, uh, I saw the, and the, uh, there were certain inferences I drew from the audition notice that Brian wanted it was going to be an emotionally charged play. I drew that yeah. in. And uh, I hope I, I, I don't know if that was a smart way to do it or not, but that was the approach I brought. I, I said, this is dark and intense. I'm going to do dark and intense. And I just, you know, you know, not having had a chance to even read over the, the, the paper before getting on stage at some point. So, you know, originally I attended to audition for Victor and, uh, you know, uh, that you know, I hadn't even considered playing the creation. Uh, right. But it was it was funny how funny how it worked out that way. You know, it's yeah. really funny you say that. I went into the audition thinking I was like I was primarily going to be reading for like Henry. I didn't think I was going to be cast as Victor. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> as the director, see, this is why I like cold readings uh, to at auditions because uh, as as Mike said, you, if you're you spend all this time learning a monologue, you're kind of married to your interpretation of it. You go into a right. reading, it's the first time you see the lines, and then I can tell you, okay, that was great, but do it a different way. Not necessarily better or worse, you know, do it in a completely different way, and I can find out if you're an actor that I can direct, because sometimes that matchup doesn't happen. Uh, so mm. I, was, I was very pleased with these guys. Now, Brian, I gotta ask you: Do you cast with your head or with your heart? <laughs> Both. I would be a fool to do otherwise. Um, mm. There's, there's certainly a sense that you get. Uh, I tell you, if I went with my first impression of Tennyson, we'd be in deep trouble here. Uh, mm. the, the, the well, the man has a, a very Formidable physique, let's put it. Uh, and, you know, I fall into the stereotypes of like, oh, no, this guy, he's, you know, he's going to be big and dumb and and it's just not going to work. And that was an emotional gut reaction I had to first seeing him. Then I started talking to him and listened to him read. And, uh, you know, and I and my head took over uh and, and showed me that that was definitely the guy. And with Mikey, it was exactly the opposite. 
the last thing I had seen him in was uh, he was playing Peter Pan. And now I wanted to make him this scientist, uh, you know, and all I could see was this little boy and, and, and he's very wiry and angular and which is a compliment, Mikey. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought, Oh no, how can I, how can I make him the coiled spring that I want Victor to be? Uh, and we got there, you know, we we got there in the audition process. I, I gave him a couple of different things to do and, and I saw it happen. So, uh, that was an easy choice for me. Wow. Wow. Now I want to uh, make a right turn into some of the, um, the logistics of the show. So like Michael, like it seemed like I was just blown away by the, the costumes. So, I mean, like wearing the, the period costumes and things, I mean, did that help you get into character? Um, Honestly, yeah, absolutely. Um, A lot of the, Costumes for that era, particular era, have a like they're very, um, they're very tight in certain places. Tight, tight in places are not exactly used to. Like, so it, it by wearing those costumes, it definitely puts me in like the mood of like being able to pull myself in, kind of like what Brian said earlier about that coiled spring. Yeah. Um, and like specifically the uh, mystery. Uh, it like hugs my throat, so I uh, it's very like oh god, like like choke me if I'm like too poorly. Um, yeah, Michael, so you kind of you kind of you kind of breaking up a little bit there. Speak a little louder. Oh no. Yeah, let me try moving around a bit. Yeah. Is this any better? Yeah. Oh, it's a lot better. Awesome. Um, so, where would you like me to? Just from the beginning of the question. Yeah, basically, you were, just to paraphrase, so you were saying that it's those costumes are tight in certain places, and you're, you know, you're oh, tight around yeah, your neck yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. And like having those specific costumes doing some of those kinds of um, things, it um, it really is able to like put me in a certain place where like I can really like coil up and start driving more of the intensity forward as opposed to being a bit more looser, which I'm, which I'm more used to as an actor. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, t- so Tennyson, how about you? Did you scare yourself looking in the mirror? Well, yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's funny because Brian said, you know, I – I felt I felt inadequate at first when I was told I was a creation. I was like, I don't know if I could give Brian what he physically wants for this, you know, a, a real, uh, or even the audience there's so much, what they're expecting or whatever, I don't know, uh, as far as physical, the physicality or the physical intimidation of this, of this creature creation. And, you know, but what, what what's beautiful about theater is that the layer, you, the process of getting to opening night, it's like layers are added on. Like the script speaks to you a certain character, a certain body language. And when you finally get the makeup on, it's like that last icing on the cake as far as just that. Sometimes it's a prop. Sometimes it's a, 
But for this one, like, you know, Lexi Martinez did a wonderful job with the makeup. And it was Brian's brainchild, you know, like the, the, the way that it was designed with the prosthetics and stuff. You know, I looked at myself in the mirror and I just felt different. I looked different. And yeah. when you look different, it, it's like you, it starts to bleed into your body language. And, you, you know, it just, it, it, it just, it was like the last, so it was, yeah, it was very helpful. Oh yeah, awesome, awesome. Now Brian, now I know you must have done a ton of research for this show. So did you have your actors read anything in particular, or watch any clips or movies or anything like that? Well, I never want an actor to emulate another actor's performance. You know, don't go up there and do your so-and-so impression of this other guy. You know, I want it to come from inside them. Uh, And then as far as uh, the time period and setting, and, you know, they'll hate me for this, but I'm, I'm, I'm a storyteller. So I didn't make them read anything. I made them sit around and listen to me tell them, uh, <laughs> what things were like back then. Not that I'm that well, old, uh, but I I remember, you know, like things that I discovered, you know, Edison's light bulb patent wasn't until 1879. Our show takes place in 1856. And so when people say the word electricity, it, it's, it, it's received with blank stares and what the heck is that? And, and that's dangerous, right? Uh, so we, you know, I remember telling the guys about the first atomic bomb and how everybody thought, you know, atomic was terrible. And, uh, so yeah, I didn't have them read stuff. I read stuff and then I told it to them. (laughs) (laughs) You're sort of like a teacher basically. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Michael, I'm going to go back to you. So, What's been some of the fan reaction to your role? The what reaction? The fan <laughs> reaction, like audience reaction, you know, like after the show, uh, comments and things you get. Um, aside from my family members telling me, oh, you're so good, like they're supposed to, um, the only thing that really stuck out to me was as I was leaving one one evening, I overheard like a group of girls talking about how I looked a lot younger than I did on stage, which I found really interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so far that was, that's really it. Apparently my grandmother yeah. took great pride in telling all the other people there that she was Victor's grandmother. Well, of course, of course. <laughs> Grandmothers would do that. <laughs> well, yeah, she does. All right, Tennyson, what's been the reaction you've gotten? Uh, I don't I don't get to hear many reactions. I'm so busy backstage like getting my makeup taken off. By the time my makeup's yeah. off, I uh everybody's gone. But I you know, my friends that have come to uh which is not fun, but uh the my friends that have come to see it have told me, uh like Michael said, you know, it's it's you probably have to tell you some things, but the uh, they were truly like disturbed by certain parts. Um, <laughs> mm. uh, like they they uh, weren't 
expect, you know, like the, the, the killing of the dog. And, like, I have some friends that are like, um, I don't know if I can talk to you until you're done with that play. And, uh, uh, you know, wow. dogs wow. every night. <laughs> oh, and Ryan predicted that would happen. Like, they really don't care about the human beings that are being killed on stage. <laughs> Yeah, people were very upset whenever I decided that uh, I was going to, you know, make that more graphic than than people expected. But I will tell you this, again, as a director, I get to go out in the lobby and listen to the audience leave. And uh, what Tennyson doesn't know is that very often there'll be groups of teen and preteen girls who will run out into the lobby to look because we have a, a display of all the headshots of all the actors uh, on on display out there, and they're all like, "I want to see what he looks like without the makeup." Uh, so I get that. He gets that a lot. <laughs> wow, wow. So Brian, I I gotta ask you about uh, some of the fantastic special effects. Now, is that something that uh, you had? Was that part of your vision, or was that something that worked out in Tech Week? Well, no. <laughs> we, we took a long time putting that together. That was not a Tech Week thing. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've i always enjoyed special effects. Uh, uh, my background is um, event theater, like um, haunted attractions and beauty pageants, both of which oh, nice. are equally terrifying, uh, and, and both of which have their own peculiar kind of special effects. Um but uh yeah i was i wanted to uh to to wow people i wanted them to to feel the the intensity of the story through the intensity of the effects uh they're mostly deceptively simple there's some noisemakers and there's some flashy lights um but when you establish that there's no such thing as electricity and that all the other lights are candles and candelabras and torches on the wall and, and gas lights, uh, gas lanterns and things like that, when you see a flashy light, it, it, it seems very exciting and very special. Um, so, so I rely on a lot of cheap parlor tricks that, that have more, more effect than they really deserve. Wow, nice. So I want to take a left turn into, uh, there was a lot of action. There's a lot of physical action and business in the play that I found very interesting. So, Michael, talk a little bit about that. I mean, there was uh, some fight choreography going on there, and uh, talk about your process working with that. Um, for me, there actually wasn't a whole lot of uh, fighting. It seems like there's a, It seems like there's more than there actually is. For the most part, it's uh, Tennyson uh, pushing me around and tossing me and stuff, um, <laughs> which um, uh, it's actually kind of funny because um, me and uh, the lovely actress who plays Justine, um, yeah. we both have taken several um, playing classes. Um and we've had a lot of practice with like the falling and the jumping and the kicking and fighting and screaming. And those have always been so much fun. And uh, just kind of getting to getting a little taste of that on stage is always a treat. Yeah. What about you, Tennyson? Well, this was, um, this was, uh, 
a lot of fun. It, it was a lot of fun, I would say. Um, usually uh, the word choreography scares me uh, because <laughs> I have, I recall terrifying dance auditions. Uh, but the, 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 uh, the fight choreographer Brian brought on is just brilliant. I, I think he's brilliant. I just like I just like to watch him work because his mind is so devious, and uh, just he just look he would look at the scene and just come up with some really cool stuff, and it was fun to do. Like uh, um, he taught, you know, it was it was, it was a, there was some practice. It wasn't extremely hard, um, and those are some of the fun fun scenes to do, uh, especially because I get to be you know this kind of incredible Hulk type character, you know, that uh, a guy of my stature doesn't usually get to play. But so. Yes, our fight yeah. choreographer that I, that I brought in was uh, from the Maryland Renaissance Festival. His name's Tom Plott, and he's, a, he's brilliant. But those are some really interesting rehearsals because he will look at a scene and, and then, you know, he'll be silent and he'll get a grin and then he'll turn and look at me and say, can she slap him? <laughs> Would that work? Yeah, slap away. Um, but the but the real interesting thing about fight choreography, uh, like like Mikey was saying, being thrown around, that's uh, theater is the only place in the world where violence is completely the responsibility of the victim, because oh, yeah. Tennyson puts his hand on somebody and then that guy jumps across the room, and there's it's the safest thing it could possibly be because the person yeah. that's being done to has complete control of it. Uh, so we obviously had safety in mind big time. Uh, and then it's, it's really the people who are getting hurt are the people, the people who look like they're getting hurt are the people who are controlling how intense it is. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So now, um, now um, Brian, I just wanted to really commend uh some of your your amazing cast uh one of the people that I really enjoyed watching there was uh uh Bill Breck uh played the blind yep. hermit uh DeLacy he was yep. just amazing uh you also um uh, had Alex Hyder who was fantastic uh Rudy Douglas Smith I mean talk about how you chose them for the cast well, same way I chose these other two guys. Um, you know, we have the audition. We see what they can do and what they've, what they can bring, and what their initial gut reaction is to the to the material, and then if they can be tweaked. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff that has to that work together. Uh, again, Mikey's pretty young in real life, uh, but he was able to pull off a level of maturity and intensity. So I could cast somebody a little bit older than him as his his best college buddy. Um, I was uh, able to, and as it turns out, he has two college buddies that also were in the cast. Uh, <laughs> so and you know they they work well together, and there was immediate chemistry there. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just uh, the luck of the draw, really, because whoever shows up at the auditions is is what you you work with and i was just i just got very fortunate all right folks so we're almost near the end of this uh fantastic interview so um i'm going to hit you guys with a uh 
each of you guys have a double question. And, uh, Michael, I'll pick on you first. So you're going to quickly tell us, um, you know, what you got coming up. And just briefly tell us why folks should go see this play. I'm going to start with the first one. People should come and see this play for all of the reasons that Brian stated at the very beginning. The morality tale, it is is still relevant today. A lot of the times, I'm in college right now, so we hear a lot of why this show right now, and there are so many good reasons why to do this show right now. And you're really just going to have to come and see for yourself to know what a lot of those reasons are. And as for what is coming up, I'm going to be working on the uh, Urban Pirates uh, National Harbor boat this summer for um, like a children's theater experience where we sail around the National Harbor. We're on a show for the kids, and we're very piratey, and it's a lot of fun. Fantastic. Okay, Tennyson, you're on next. Uh, same questions, right? Yep. Uh, uh, so, uh, as far as uh, coming out to see Frankenstein, I just think it's, it, uh, like Mikey said, it's just one of those, it, it's an iconic tale that I think has been given a fresh look. And I, I said this earlier, I said this, the script was deceptively simple. I feel, I honestly feel like, Brian's vision uh, actually added a layer to the script that I don't even think necessarily was there. Um, yeah. I, if, if, if that's possible. So I, I, you know, all respect to the writer or whatever, I honestly feel like there, there was more depth added to it because of his vision. And I think that you may have seen different versions of the play. I think there's something fresh here that you can experience, because I know people have come uh, and seen all kinds of spinoffs of Frankenstein, and they're aware of the archetype, but the it's, it's, there, there was something fresh that they got out of it, and they really enjoyed it. Um, and so I think that's why it's worth coming out to see. Um, as far as what, what I'm, I got coming up, I, I've been doing a lot of film lately, uh, Frankenstein was uh, actually a step away from that, um, a pleasant, wonderful step away from that. Uh, uh, and so, like, I, there's a web series that's currently being uh, released an episode at a time uh, called Let Go. Um, already, uh, the third episode is going to be released uh, tomorrow, and the rest of the season thereafter. There's also another web series that I'm work, working on called The Lightworkers uh, by Derek Gray. Um, and so, yeah, there's a couple other projects that I'm kind of still in the middle of that, you know, I'm hoping to uh, complete and get out there. So, Excellent, excellent. Well said. Okay, Brian, you're on last. Oh, oh, oh boy. Well, first of all, as far as Tennyson is concerned, I have to quote one of our one of our characters. You flatter me, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, I'm going to do it in reverse order. My next big project is probably the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Uh, I have portrayed a member of the royal court 
there for uh, different members of the royal court there for uh, over 12 years now. Um, so I'm hoping that they call me back again, but we all know that none of our jobs are, are sacred. Uh, we're all disposable. So, so I'm not making any assumptions, but, uh, but hopefully I will be spending my summer romping through the woods uh, wearing tights. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. And as far as why you should come see Frankenstein, well, you got two reasons on the other lines here. Um, you've got a dozen amazingly talented actors, one of whom is eight years old. Uh, you yeah. have you have the the spectacle that only the Bowie Playhouse, which is built as a theater with wing space and fly space and all the technical things that we need. Uh, you know, there's a brilliant lighting designer in in Garrett uh, and our tech crew once they once they figured out how to move around all the complicated stuff that I designed uh you know they're they're on the ball they have a ton of stuff that they got to make sure happens on the right time so it's a very well put together production and that is just on top of everything else that everyone has said i think if you think you've seen frankenstein you you need to come see this show it's no oh, absolutely there's way more to it than you think going in. And hopefully you'll be thinking about it a long time after you leave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, I mean, the cast, I'll, I'll just say once again, I was just blown away. You had uh, Sammy Greenslit, uh, Stanley Live and Good, uh, you know, uh, Ronald Araju, uh, Alan Barnett. I mean, it just list just goes on and on and on. I just highly recommend this show. Great, thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. All right. Okay, well, thank you so much, my friends, for your time. I, I really enjoyed talking with you guys. Um, thank, thank you for you having for us. Having us. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us. This has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Okay, man, y'all have a great night and a great rest of the run. You too. Thank you, okay. Thank you. All right, now. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, folks, remember that you can advertise on the show by contacting me at william400 at yahoo.com. You can be a guest on the show. Uh, just email me again, william400 at yahoo.com. And you can also find me on Facebook, and that is handle william.t.powell. You can find me on Instagram, William. Powell8796 and Twitter. The handle there is inside on the bar acting. Now, I just want all my listeners out there to do something for their career every single day and break a leg. Thanks for listening. Night. Under the dark you pacify me Hold my breath Take me down, I won't fight Beat on my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my